Welcome to the One Church Podcast. We're glad you could join us today for another epic message of grace. If you enjoyed today's word, please rate and review us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. It helps others like you find our podcast. You can also find us on Instagram by following us at OneChurchVB or join the discussion on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash OneChurchVB. For more information about One Church, go to OneChurchVB.com. Now, for today's epic message of grace. You are now about to hear a special presentation from Pastor David Baird. Please enjoy. Hello, One Church, and happy Easter weekend. Uh, My name is David Baird. Uh, I'm actually the founding pastor of the Life Church up in Northern Virginia, but I've got a special relationship and connection to One Church, and I am so thrilled And I'm humbled and honored to be able to bring you the Easter message, especially under these very difficult and unusual circumstances. I've I've never done virtual Easter before in all my life. But this year, uh, we've got a great challenge, but I think that presents a great opportunity. And, uh, you know, ever since One Church formed, uh, Wally Odom and I have had the privilege to come alongside the leadership team here at One Church and just provide some counseling, some oversight. Uh, when I think of some of the people on the leadership team, like Troy and uh, Bobby, uh, they need counseling. But that's not the kind of counseling I mean. I, I'm, I'm joking. But uh, these are great friends of mine. But uh, we, we've just been alongside of you from day one as this new paradigm of church is unfolding here in Virginia Beach and in the Tidewater area. There are great churches in in, uh, Tidewater. I I went to college at Old Dominion, Uh, had a lot of relationships in this area over the years and met some tremendous people. And I honor every pastor. And I I know on this Easter weekend, the gospel is going to go out so many ways uh, to so many people. And in fact, we might reach more people this weekend than we ever have before because the church has left the building. And one church was already positioned for this because one church never made it about a building anyway. So I'm honored to to be here with you and I hope you're just going to take the next few minutes and focus on the Easter message. And I'm actually going to title my talk today, My wife says, please just talk. Don't preach like a Pentecostal on Easter online. So I'm going to do my best. But, uh, you know, um, I preached a message a long time ago at at our church in Northern Virginia, and I'm going to use the same title. It's like 10 years ago. It's not over even when it's over. Now, we know the colloquialism that says it's not over till the fat lady sings. And that comes from the opera. And the opera always, the opera was never over until the soprano came and sang. And uh, whether you liked it or not, the soprano was known as the fat lady because she pretty much was fat. Now, the two ladies in our story today 
I don't think we're fat. I never have found that in the scripture. The scripture never says. I don't know what size they were. Uh, actually, with this pandemic and staying at home, uh, a lot of us probably could say uh, the, the fat lady or the fat man. I, I've been doing nothing but eating the last month, and I could hardly get into my clothes today uh, to come and uh, you know be with you. So uh, maybe fat lady wouldn't be such an inappropriate title, but I'm not going to call it that because that's not an impossibility. It's not over until the fat lady sings. That just means it's not over until it's over. You may think things are over, but it's not really over. But that's not what we're talking about today. We're talking about the miracle realm of the resurrection. It really was over. Jesus was dead. But on the third day, he arose. And that's the foundation and the basis of our faith. It's the basis of our Christian life. It's the basis for our interaction with God because we don't serve an unknown God in heaven now. We don't pray to an unknown God in heaven. We, we pray to a God who revealed himself in the person of Jesus Christ, a Jesus who went to the cross as our Passover lamb, that has great implications for us. I might say a little more about that at the end today. But on the third day, the tomb that he was buried in, the stone was rolled away miraculously by the power of God, and Jesus rose from the dead. He, went, he appeared to his disciples. He went back to heaven 40 days later. And now the same power that brought Jesus from the dead is what is quickening in our spirits today as individuals and it's what brings the church together. So resurrection is not a myth. It's not just something we talk about. It's not folklore. Resurrection is real. Jesus is the first immortal man to live on forever and forever. There are a few other resurrections, and I'm going to look at one of them today, but these same people that rose died again, but not Jesus. He's the only immortal man in the universe. So I want you right where you are, if you're by your yourself, just talk to yourself. If there's somebody in your room, whether it's your kitchen or your bedroom or your living room or in the car, wherever you are right now, maybe out on the porch, maybe in the yard, I want you just to say with me, it's not over. Come on, let's say it together. It's not over even, everybody say even, when it's over. It's not over even when it's over. So I want to go to uh, John chapter 11, and I'm actually going to give a lot of the time of my message to the reading of Scripture. I don't know if I've ever read this many Scripture in a, uh, one message. Pastor Wally probably has, but I, I don't know if I have. Wally is the, the rabbi among us, and uh, you get the privilege of still sitting under him now. That's awesome, uh, once or twice each month. But uh, I'm going to go to John chapter 11, and this is the story of Jesus' friend Lazarus, who died, but who would rise again on the fourth day. So let's pick it up in verse 1 of Luke chapter 11. A man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. And we didn't call them fat ladies. I don't, I don't know uh, what their size was. But I know they were all three. They were siblings and they were friends of Jesus. This is the Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was sick. So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus. I don't know if it was Instagram. I don't know if it was a text message, but they got it to him somehow. 
telling him, quote, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. But, you know, usually the but, when we see it in the Bible, is taking a negative and turning it into a positive. Jesus is kind of flipping that here. They had an expectation of Jesus intervening and at least coming to them. But Jesus, when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. Actually, that's what I believe about the pandemic. I, you know, God didn't bring this on the world. It's not judgment. Judgment was finished on the cross. People that are out there posting on Instagram that it's the end of the world or they're posting on Instagram that God's judging America. How silly. That just uh, Every nation has been affected by this pandemic. Jesus has already paid the price for us. So that, that's not what's going on here. But what is going on, God is going to take an incredibly difficult challenge, this pandemic, and I believe he's going to show his glory through his church like never before. So uh, Jesus says, no, it's not going to end in death, but it happened for the glory of God. So although Jesus loved Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. And actually, by the time he gets to Bethany, uh, he had missed the funeral. I've heard of people being late for the funeral and getting there for the food at the reception. I've actually heard of people just showing up to eat the food at the reception. But Jesus missed the whole funeral. He got there like a couple days late. But finally he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. But his disciples objected. Rabbi, they said, only a few days ago, the people in Judea were trying to stone you. Are you going there again? Jesus replied, there are 12 hours of daylight every day. During the day, people can walk safely. They can see because they have the light of this world. But at night, there is danger of stumbling because they have no light. Then he said, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. I love that terminology. That was his way of saying Lazarus had died. But oh, what greater meaning, because when you sleep, you wake up. When you go to sleep, there's an expectation that you're going to wake up. And every one of our loved ones this Easter, maybe I think about Louis uh, contending who's gone to be with the Lord, and maybe there are others in one church uh, that have had family members or dear friends go to heaven in, in the last year since last Easter. And if nothing else, if only we had the hope of the eternal resurrection, the eternal state, we could say Louis is just sleeping. And that would have been true for Lazarus. But there's more truth in this particular miracle because Jesus is going to raise him back from the dead right now. We'll see it in just a minute. Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but now I will go and wake him up. The disciples said, Lord, if he's sleeping, he'll soon get better. They thought Jesus meant that Lazarus was simply sleeping, but Jesus meant that Lazarus had died. And for your sakes, so uh, uh, reading on, uh, for your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there, for now you will really believe. See, that's why he delayed going. 
Sometimes God has to allow it to get really bad because if there was any way we could just say it was coincidental or happenstance, we would take the credit for anything that happened. In order to see a real miracle, there has to be a place of incredible desolation and destitution. And maybe that's where we are in this pandemic. Maybe we are going to see the miracle of God showing up and delivering us, even when there's no vaccine, even when there's no cure, even when there are not enough respirators. We're going to see the Passover lamb come on the scene, I believe, and perform a miracle. So Jesus is saying, look, for your sakes, I'm glad I'm not there, but come on, let's go now. Then we get Thomas, one of the 12. He was doubting Thomas. He was a twin. I don't know if that's what caused it, but he always saw the glass as half empty. And so Thomas said uh, uh, to his fellow disciples, let's go too and die with Jesus. What a fatalistic, glass half empty statement. He thought, man, if we go back up there, he, he was just being the pessimist of saying, look, we're going to die too. So when Jesus arrived at Bethany, he was told that Lazarus had already uh, been in his grave for four days. Bethany was only a few miles down the road from Jerusalem, and many of the people had come to console Mary and Martha in their loss. When Mary got word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him. But Mary stayed in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, it's kind of like a mild rebuke. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And see, Mary, she was a different kind of believer than Martha. Than, than Mary. Martha was a different kind of believer than Mary. And, and in, in one church, we've got all kinds of uh, expressions of our uh, believing in Jesus. And Martha was one of those that she was a, a who, a what, and a what if kind of believer. She needed an answer. So, Lord, you know, why did you not come? Why did, why did you let him die? But then she does show faith. She says, but even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask. I'm not even sure she knew what she was praying in that statement. Maybe you don't know when you pray kind of what you're really asking for, whatever. I know you can still do it, Lord. Even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. And Martha says, yes, he will rise when everyone else rises at the last day. But Jesus told her, I am. Everybody say, I am. I am that I am. I'm the bread of life. I'm the light of the world. I'm the door. I'm the good shepherd. I am makes it present, brings it into the now. I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me, if you're watching today, you fall into the category of anyone. Anyone who believes in me will live. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you've done on this Easter weekend. If you will put your faith in Jesus, you will be born again and you will live forever. Anyone who believes in me will live. Even after dying, everyone who lives, everybody say everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. Do you believe this, Martha? So I would just like to ask you today, do you believe this? Do you believe that Jesus is the only immortal man in the universe alive today? Do you believe that Jesus died and rose again? Do you believe that you can live with him even after dying forever? Do you believe you can have eternal life? Do you believe you can pass from death to life? If you believe the gift is yours today, the gift of grace is yours. 
Mary says, Martha says, yes, Lord, I've always believed you're the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who's come into the world from God. Then she returned to Mary. Now she called Mary aside from the mourners and said, the teacher is here and wants to see you. So Mary immediately went to him. Jesus had stayed outside the village at the place where Martha had met him. So uh, when Mary arrived and saw Jesus... See, they, the people followed Mary as she went there. She fell at his feet and said, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. That's another faith statement. And that's through the filter of, of how Mary saw things. But Martha and Mary, we all have our filters just like they did. But faith has to get expressed. And Mary said, if you'd been here, Jesus, my brother would not have died. When, when Jesus, see, they still don't have the revelation of the resurrection. They, they, they still had a revelation was it's not over till the fat lady sings. But on this day, they're going to get a revelation that's over even when it's over. So uh, Jesus saw her weeping. He saw the other people wailing with her. The Bible says here in verse 33, a deep anger welled up within him. I'm going to say more about that in a moment. And he was deeply troubled. Where have you put him? He asked. They told him, Lord, come and see. Then Jesus wept. See, in the face of death, Jesus, he didn't like death. I'll say a little more about that in a moment also. Uh, the people who were standing nearby says, see how much he loved him? And see, I think they only saw Jesus mourning the loss of a brother, a friend. But I think Jesus is going a lot deeper. I think in his spirit, he's getting the reality in his spirit of what death does do to us. Death is an enemy. The Bible calls it the last enemy that shall be destroyed. When Jesus saw her weeping, that same deep anger welled up within him. So um, Jesus said, some said, this man healed a blind man. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? See, still they don't have the revelation of the resurrection. They've got the revelation of Jesus having miraculous power, that's a good for starters, but it goes deeper than that. Jesus was still angry, verse 39 says, as he arrived at the tomb, a cave with a stone rolled across its entrance, similar to the cave Jesus was buried in. So um, Jesus said this, roll the stone away. Wow. That's, that takes a lot of guts because Martha, the dead man's sister, protested, Lord, he's been dead four days. Wow, the smell will be horrible. I like the old King James. By this time, he stinketh. Uh, everybody turn to your neighbor and say, by this time, we stinketh. Uh, well, I'm not talking about your um, you know, seclusion in the coronavirus, but we're talking about four days. Uh, and, you know, uh, biologists will tell us that somebody that has been dead after about the third day, uh, the gases and all start producing a, a very putrid odor. And um, Jesus responded, didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? Wow, what a statement. That's still the response of Jesus, I believe, in, in our pandemic. So um, they rolled the stone aside. They obeyed him. And then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me. But I said it out loud for the sake of these people standing here so that they will believe you sent me. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. 
And the Bible says the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in a headcloth. Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him go. Many of the people who were with Mary believed in Jesus when they saw that happen. And if nothing else today, reading about Lazarus on Resurrection Sunday lets us know that we're not just celebrating Jesus' resurrection today, we are celebrating ours. And we are making declaration that no matter what has died in your life, you know, you can die in many ways. Some of us have seen people die, our loved ones, as I've already referred to, even over the last year. Others have, have seen their marriages die. Their dreams die. Their businesses die. Their bank account may have died in the last couple of weeks. See, um, in this pandemic, there's something about death that produces a hopelessness where we kind of just feel like, I've heard people say, is the world ever going to return to the way it was? Well, that's a complicated question. But if you're asking that question because you just think everything you've lived for is going to die, I'm here to tell you today, it's not over even when it's over. We're dealing with death tonight. See, in order to have resurrection, you've got to have death. And so I don't know what death you are dealing with. Maybe the death of that dream, the death of that ministry, the death of a church, the death of your membership in a church, the death of a close relationship, whatever it is. We all deal with death, and we deal with it in different ways. But I'm here to tell you tonight, in fact, let, let me just give you three things very quickly. Not going to take time to, to deal with this, but I want you to know this, three things. Number one, death stings. The Bible says, oh, death, where is thy sting, Paul the Apostle said. There's a sting to death. Jesus was deeply troubled when he met death in the face when he found out Lazarus had died. Jesus not only wept, but he profusely wept. There was anguish. There was deep distress in him. Uh, there's outside of Jesus' anguish over his own pending death in the Garden of Gethsemane. This is probably the greatest outburst of inner emotion. Now, I know he cleansed the temple a few days earlier because he got upset with religious folk, but this is a deeper anguish when he's dealing with death. And I would just say death stings. I remember when my dad died in 2002, my mother in 2008. I, I expected my mother's. I didn't expect my dad's. He was 85, though. But, man, death, there was a sting to it. And any time there's a, a report, last year I, I got diagnosed with prostate cancer. I'm telling you, for the first few days I was like walking around almost in, in this death mode. You know, I've heard, I've got cancer in my body, so what's going to happen to me? And if we're not careful, we will feel the sting of death. Well, Jesus felt it. Look back at verse 33 and verse 39. The second thing I would say is death stinks. Death doesn't just sting, death stinks. Maybe your life stinks right now. And maybe your life has really stunk since you've been quarantined, since you've been, you know, staying at home. This whole corona thing stinks, if you ask me. No Masters golf tournament this weekend. I was expecting Tiger to win. So all I've got now is after the third round of reruns, he's leading. He's, he's going to win tomorrow, I think. I'm prophesying that. Well, that's last year's tournament there, rerunning. No March Madness, that stunk. Can't visit my grandkids. Man, that stinks right now. I've got 
twin granddaughter and grandson that my youngest son and his wife just had. They're like five and a half going on six months old. And I haven't been able to hold them for over a month now. That stinks to me. Really stinks. No Popeyes? Well, actually, the drive-in is open, so uh, that really doesn't stink as bad as it could. Um, uh, see, and, and some of us, I'm going to tell you, if you don't find some toilet tissue real fast, it's really going to stink. So uh, this whole pandemic is—it's not. We weren't expecting it, man. I had plans this spring, and uh, it's almost like everything has come to a screeching halt. That's what death is. Death is a stinking reality. But the greater news than either the sting of death or the stink of death. Is, is this, Jesus comes on the scene. And that tells me that death surrenders. So death stings, death stinks, but death surrenders. Say that with me, death stings, death stinks, but death surrenders. See, when a greater one than death comes on the scene, there's only one that's greater than death because death is the, that last big enemy. But there is someone alive in the universe on this Easter weekend who holds the keys to hell and to death, and his name is Jesus because he would go to the grave and three days later, and I say it like this, by the fourth day, the odors in Lazarus' body, his decomposing body, had brought a great stink. That dead body, the result of the gas being expelled and the decomposition. But here, and that's a powerful fact of nature. By the fourth day, a dead person stinks. But I've got a greater reality today. On the fourth day, we might stink, but the fourth day has met the third day. On the third day, Jesus rose from the dead, and the power of the third day is greater than the stink of the fourth day. Jesus came and he not only went to the, the tomb of Lazarus and said, come forth, and at his beckoning call, Lazarus rose from the dead. But a few days later, just over a week later, Jesus would go into Jerusalem as the Lamb of God and he would die. And on the third day, what we are celebrating this weekend, Jesus rose from the dead to be alive forevermore. He is the resurrection and the life today. It's not just something, well, maybe when I die, I'll experience resurrection. No, there's a greater faith than that for you today. I want you to grab hold of the fact that Jesus has taken control of death. Jesus is going to bring the dream back to life. Jesus is going to restore the relationship. We're going to get past the, the sting of death that's in this coronavirus, and we're going to see the mighty glory of God. I am the resurrection and the life, Jesus says. He that believes in me, though he might die, He's going to live forever. So I've come just to tell you right here, right now, it's not just, well, maybe he will rise again in the last day. I'm here to tell you right here, right now, Jesus wants to reveal himself to you as the resurrection and the life. I want to pray with you. And uh, I, I would just say, what's in your tomb right now? I mean, what, what has been buried? What has been dead and buried in your life? I'm here to tell you today, the resurrection and the life is gonna call it forth. And I'm gonna pray two prayers. First of all, I'm gonna pray for people who have never believed in Jesus, or even if you have, maybe you haven't believed in him for one particular area in your life. I'm gonna pray that prayer. 
And I'm going to ask you to pray it with me. The Bible says if you believe in your heart and you confess it with your mouth, you'll be saved. Some of you are going to be saved for the first time today. Others are going to get a greater revelation of the resurrection and the life. And then I'm going to pray a prayer for the pandemic. So would you pray with me? If, if, you, if you're in your living room, wherever you are right now, would you just lift a hand? If you would, in solidarity, pray this prayer either for the first time or you're praying it. I want you to say this with me. Dear Jesus, I thank you that you are the Savior. You are the Lord. You have risen from the dead. We declare today that you live. I want everybody just to say, Jesus, I believe you are alive. And now, Lord, we thank you that you are resurrected because you died and you died for our sins. And if we believe in you, we can have life everlasting. So I thank you today for people being born again. Thank you today for people coming alive. I thank you today for many of us getting dreams restored. We may have thought it was over. In fact, it may have been over, but it's not over even when it's over. In Jesus' name. Now, I'm gonna pray another prayer, but if you prayed this prayer, especially for the first time or the first time in a long time, maybe you're coming home to Jesus, I want you to be bold enough to just make a comment. If you're watching on Facebook, I want you just to make a comment and say, I prayed the prayer. And somebody from our team here at One Church will follow up with you. Just do that right now. But then, Lord, I pray for everyone watching this broadcast. I pray that the power, the peace, and the protection that you provide for us in Passover, because you are the Passover lamb that has been slain, would minister to every person, protect every family, guard each of us, because the blood has been applied to our lives by your death, Jesus. Thank you that we can drink the cup of your blood and know that we have covenant with you. This is the new covenant. So I just, I pray for healing for anyone who has the virus. I pray for peace for those who are stressed over the virus. I pray for financial woes to turn to great financial opportunity. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks for being with us. Hey, One Church, I wanna say this to you. Uh, this weekend, uh, God spoke to me a couple weeks ago and we've moved fast on this. God spoke to me in, uh, when the pandemic first started to write a book, uh, a short book, and we're publishing it on Amazon Kindle. That's the only way right now because there's no hard copies. We can't get those out. But we are offering this weekend only uh, to all of you who are watching from one church, and we're going to be doing it at Life Church and doing it on our websites. But we are going to make this book uh, free to you. It's called This Present Passover, uh, Protection for the Pandemic. Protection in the Pandemic. This present Passover, Protection in the Pandemic. And you can see right on the screen now what you can do right now. You can go to uh, thispresentpassover.com. And you need to do it today. You need to do it this weekend. 
need to do it. Actually, we're going to extend it into the first of the week, but don't wait. You'll forget. Go right now to thispresentpassover.com, request your free copy, and then when the book is on Kindle, when it gets on Amazon, we're gonna notify you, and while others will pay for it, you're gonna get it free. And that's my gift to one church this Easter weekend. So God bless you. Come back next weekend, tune in online, uh, get in touch with uh, the church, put your comments in the, uh, you know, in, in the Facebook post, and we wanna connect with you. God bless you. Happy Resurrection Weekend. Thank you for joining us for another epic message of grace. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you listen so others can find us too. We'll be back next week with another incredible message. Until then, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at OneChurchVB or find out more information about One Church at OneChurchVB.com. Have a great week.